and welcome everybody to another edition of the Daily Script Podcast. I'm your host, Rye Guy, and uh, sorry, I wasn't sure if I was going to say my actual full name or Rye Guy. I, I, I go back and forth in between. Um, but still looking for your identity. <laughs> exactly. i got to figure out the podcast identity. Um, and I'm sure you guys are all wondering who that lovely voice was. I am joined with uh, Tracy can you say the last? Kopke? Kepke. Kepke. Okay, I knew I was going to get that wrong. I'm so, I should have asked that before we got on the podcast. Um, she is the author of Make Room for Yourself. It is a guided journal for your uh, or for the young ones ages 7 through 11. And i got to tell the story first, and then I'm going to uh, – well, actually, no. How are you this morning? I, uh, sorry, I was getting a little ahead of myself. How are you this morning, and uh, what's been the best part of your day so far? Um. I'm very well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the best part of my day so far is uh, meeting someone uh, as, such as yourself that is just as passionate about um, the healthy outcomes of the human being, human race as possible. So that's been I, a blessing today. I appreciate that. That makes me feel good and warm and, and awesome inside. And that's where I was going to go to a second ago is I actually met Tracy a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was shopping at a Publix here in Spring Hill where we live. And... I forget what I was looking. I think I was just looking at. She wanted a wrap for her sandwich. So I think I was just looking at the wraps in the deli, <laughs> and you kind of walked by, and we we kind of. I forget exactly how that happened, but I then I was wearing a very antique Steelers. Sweater. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yes, because <laughs> we're both Steelers. I was probably wearing the Steelers stuff too, and we just started having a conversation. And you know, nothing like genuine, like platonic connection right off the rip we just started having a conversation and then you asked me if you could give my daughter something because you saw how you asked her how she was and what did you end up giving me well hopefully um, I gave you a gift that will be a tool for your daughter to discover who she is yep um, and not who the world tells her that she is but who she is deep down inside and uh, hopefully the book will provide her with a language uh, to be able to identify all the different facets of thoughts and feelings that she comes across in the next few years. Yep. So. And I can tell you, I've definitely got some small little tidbits to share as we get to know you a little bit more and get to learn more about your book. But at that moment, you know, I was like, wow, wait, you're doing the same thing that I'm doing. And I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm just like on a mission to do whatever God's telling me to do. And I told you a little bit about my idea and we connected and, you know, we wanted to connect sooner. Unfortunately, my grandfather passed away. You know, there's got to be time to grieve and get some some things going, and 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 it all worked out now because I got this great new podcast set up. But I just thought it was really really cool to meet a like-minded person that has had their own story to tell, and now is finding a way to not only you know help yourself, I'm sure in small ways, but like help others, help kids, and that's exactly what my my script writing book is about. We have some similarities but some differences and that's okay because we're all just trying to help people at the right. end of the day right. we're not in competition we're not in competition exactly and if if it comes from god it's a good thing either directional so why not help each other go further in the journey and uh hopefully we have some time later today after, at the end of it we can go over some uh, uh publishing tips but <laughs> we didn't even get to that stuff we've been talking about so we we're over here actually at cafe connection in spring hill great food great place if you haven't already been here I uh, just had the best, I would call it the best chicken Caesar of my life. Um, but we've just been shooting the breeze and talking about everything under the sun, like our, sharing passions, being in true connection. 
Um, and with that being said, Tracy, <clears throat> you know, what I would love to do is for the listeners out there is it, to get a sense of who who you are in the sense of, you know, your your testimony, where, where you came from and what what ultimately got you to where you're at now. So and we'll we'll, we'll kind of segue back and forth a little bit and bounce off each other. But what brought you into becoming the Tracy that's in front of me today? Oh, wow. Well, I'm a lot older than you, so that might be a long story. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I'm 30, I'll be 37 in June. Uh, well, I, you know, I was born in the Appalachians, um, so I started out as a Tar Heel and uh, passionate about sports. You know, I grew up in a town that was, uh, you know, the smallest, one of the smallest towns in North Carolina in the largest county. Um, and there were two religions, God and football. So um, most of that's my not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> most of my childhood revolved around um, the Black Knight Stadium and uh, what happened on that iron uh, field of iron. And so I don't know. I uh, had a single mother and uh, a stepdad that uh, was a little too friendly, and I had a brother who uh, had a different father than I did, and he turned out to have to endure some of the same stuff that I did. So gender was not a barrier in that dynamic. Um, And then, um, you know, found out in my teen years that I excelled at a lot of things that other kids didn't and couldn't figure out why because I came up wearing yard sale clothes and um, hunting and fishing for my food. So um, you you probably matured a lot more quickly than well I did, but I was you know astute in some things like uh, writing, for example, is one of them. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I've seen ladies and gentlemen, I've seen her writing. Uh, (laughs) It is wonderful. (laughs) She could probably start a business writing greeting cards and love cards (laughs) all in her own if she wanted to. It's beautiful. That's very kind. Um, But I don't know. I had that you know, and I had some athletic ability. I was a uh, tennis player, sought after for scholarships when I was in high school. You know, just uh, average. Uh, dysfunctional upbringing Um, and it took me to my early 20s to start facing some of the horrors of my childhood and I tried to do that with a parent who was not ready to contend with that with me so my mother and I did not have a loving um, mutually kind relationship in fact the last words that we spoke to each other were in anger um, my mother is uh, currently still the victim of an unsolved murder that happened 22 years ago. Oh, wow. Um, and so, you know, I've had a lot of dysfunction in my life in terms of dysfunctional grief and dealing with sudden trauma, you know, and things like that. And while you're talking about, was, what, you know, that conversation, was it stuff that you had, because like me, I blocked out a lot of my childhood for mm-hmm. certain time periods. Was it? Stuff like that, that then you were, okay, I need to face this sort of a deal? Well, yeah, and I, you know, I got saved when I was 11 years old, and I was told by a lot of different people, <coughs> excuse me, I was told by a lot of different people that, um, you know, you got saved too soon. You didn't understand the concept of d- divinity and trinity and, uh, you know, the holy book and all of that. Well, I don't, I don't know what brought me down the aisle, but it was a powerful force bigger than me, and I believed right. in it. So when the dysfunction of my childhood came out on the dining room table in my mother's house with my grandmother present, um, the two of them had not dealt with their issues. And that became very apparent to me. Um, And because of the issues I had with my mom, my grandmother was my best friend. In fact, she was my um, maid of honor the first time I got married. Oh, wow. Um, So when I was about 20, how old was I, 23, 24? 
my grandmother suddenly died. And so my relationship with God went out the window because he took the only person that I was convinced of that lived on this planet that loved me just exactly how I was. And so I, w I wasn't the kind of Christian that uh, just put my Bible in a drawer and didn't go to church. I was the kind of Christian that went out in my yard and I screamed and yelled and cursed at the Holy Father that created me and told him that it would be a cold day in hell before I talked to him again. And it took about 25 years for me to rekindle that relationship. But in that 25 years, the funny thing is, is um, as much as I rebuked uh, that presence, I um, was always finding him working out in my life. I could, the hand of God was always evident. It was almost, because uh, yeah, I shared with you a little bit about the last four years and things like that. I feel the same way, though I may have been kicking and screaming, why did you let this, you know, mm -hmm. I still was like, okay, maybe, you know, you're right on this one or, you know, still looking for that, for that guidance. Cause I didn't maybe the same way we didn't want to truly let go of what we knew to be true. Right. We it, knew that. And it was just a, an anger that went down to the bone marrow. You know, when you sometimes, uh, especially I think when you're a child, you know, you're not cognizant of placing limits on love. Um, I think the world conditions us to place conditions on love. Hmm. And um, instead of creating people that are ready to love, people go out and look for love as though it already exists when you really should be becoming the person. Are, are you inside love. Are you inside my head? I feel like that's, <laughs> you know, I've been discovering this in my own world, so you're talking for me at this point. Oh. That's absolutely true, and why, why? I wonder why that is. We look for love in others before the love in ourselves. Right. And, and it's the strangest thing. Well, it's a cultural uh, issue because, you know, and one of the purposes behind the book that I wrote, Make Room for Yourself, is the fact that we live in this construct of where our belief systems are modeled after a structure we didn't create. That is 100% right? true. So we are seeking all of the validation in our world, in our creative world inside of ourselves from outside of ourselves. Does the teacher like my work? Does the coach like the way I play? Is mom happy with my chores? You know, Looking for that out, outward always, validation. Always looking for outward validation. And that's why these social platforms are so popular because it's a dopamine hit. hit. It's a validation. It's a. I got 33,000 followers. People love me. Right. Oh, but wait, I don't have 50. So there's people that don't. Yeah, so I'm a firm believer that um, in part of the deconstruction of the American family over the last several decades, um, one of the things that they've been very successful at is misteaching us about love. Um, so that's kind of the core. That's kind of how this book got started okay. is um, the beginning of my true healing. I've been healing on and off and willing and unwilling most of my life. But when God asked me to write this book, um, I did it. I was done with it in three weeks. I read, it was wrote. It was done. It was published. It's boom. It was done. Well, and take me with that joy. <laughs> take me through the moment because you 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 talked taught me a little bit about it before the show. What was what were you doing the moment you had what I what I and others like to call the light bulb moment? What happened? Oh, I was painting, um, and oddly enough, I was painting a picture of self transformation. Um, I was under the full moon light in this uh, image that I was painting. Um, I was standing in water. Uh, nude um, and so some people might associate that with witchery or whatever no, it's but, um, probably clean and right yeah, I'm, I'm a firm fresh, believer yeah. in earth energies and all of that too frequencies, so yep. yes I mean God spoke us into existence Amen. right but 
everything came from a frequency, not a boom. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to make anybody too mad out right, there. Right, <laughs> I'm not going to label anything. Right? Um, but really, it's just sort of a peck on the shoulder. You know, I was just painting and lost in the moment, and um, like this whisper and this wonderful, warm and cold light, like it was just absolutely consuming, just came to the left side of my body and said, "Write me a children's book." And I knew immediately where it came from. I dropped my paintbrush. It startled me to death. Dropped my paintbrush. Got paint all over everything. And I sat back in my stool and I thought, did I just have a hallucination? And again, I heard, write me a children's book. And so I thought, okay, all right. So I put my paintbrush in water. I'm obedient. Went straight to my office, opened up my book and started, you know, typing in and doing some research. And within 15 minutes, I was under the conclusion that, well, this is going to be an impossible task. They're publishing 2,000 children's books a day. How am I going to stand out? A little, a little bit of fear crept yeah, in. Yeah, fear, and you know the the devil's looking for somewhere to stand in your life always, and um, mm -hmm. he, you know the chains he sells you are one link at a time, right? They couldn't sell you a ten foot piece of chain. It's one link, sometimes even a half a link at a time. Well, then I, I gotta toot your horn a little bit, and and in turn give credit to God because when I started writing the daily script, I was like, nobody's gonna read this, and then I, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'll read it, you know. So I helped myself, mm -hmm. and then within the same week and maybe this happened to you too i started seeing all these other uh guided journals and things pop up and i hadn't even researched anything mm -hmm. yet and all of a sudden instagram and so like social media started popping up with stuff and i was like and i got that self-defeatist mode and then i started thinking about it and it goes back to what you said too i'm not in competition with anybody we can all have the same similarities and ideas but it all comes from god in different ways and what I really boiled it down to is like, there are 7 billion people in this world. If I can help 0.00001% or even just myself, then it's all worth it. So it kind of eliminated that fear to a certain extent. But when I saw what you were doing, it was even more so gratifying to know that I was in the right directional with being at peace with God. Because there's not a chance in heck, I think, if I'm not writing that, we're not talking today probably, but also I don't think we meet. Because that synchronicity, I don't think it's there. Just right. throwing that out there. But, again, going back to the having to overcome that small little bit of fear, I had to do the same thing and even getting to where I'm at with even buying this podcasting equipment. Right, right. Well, you know, my perspective on, on anything that's of the same sort of lineage of my book or anything that I create, to me, we're all pieces of fabric in the same quilt. So, um, you know, somebody else might be doing something on affirmations and, uh, you know, new age manifestations that are similarly lined up with my book. I would just caution people to be careful about um, that little thin line between, uh, you know, divinity and witchcraft when you're manifesting and things like that. I do believe in the energy and the dynamic of the world and all of that, but um, the devil is the master of this world and he will use it against you. So you have to oh, be very careful about a, a, that. A thousand percent. And I think, you know, within, within the manifestation where I'm at center, God wants us to have the greatest experience with him in this life. He doesn't want us to uh, stay depressed. He doesn't want us to... Uh, you know, be subservient to people that, you know, municipalities and, prince and powers and things like that. He wants us to enjoy this. This is, this, this is supposed to be a playground, right, in a, in a lot of ways. So when I think of manifestation for myself, it's like God has something for me, mm -hmm. 
but I need to put the action in with the faith, which I recently realized I wasn't doing because I'm going to tell on myself a little bit for 36 years. <laughs> I want something. Great. Study. Go. Get, no, I don't want to study. You know, things like that. No, I don't want to write the book. I want it just to, to come, right? It doesn't work that way. You can think about something all you want, but if you don't get up and go work at it, right. you know, it, it doesn't materialize in the way that God wants you to do. So I think that's the fine line, you know, because we're not making spells here. Right, exactly. <laughs> we're not in the, we're not doing the voodoo stuff. Well, you know, there's there's two sides of that coin. There's one side in the scripture where it says, you know, um, faith without works is dead. And then there's oh, another man, it's right side there, day. of the coin that says, um, believe, right? Use all of your faith, construct all of your faith towards the will of God and be still. Mm know that I am God so you got to balance those efforts right you can't you can't be on the lunatic fringe of an effort but you can't also be lazy Bob potato couch effort you got to find the, the happy medium happy medium and listen for the divine guidance but uh, and that's what I got too I said like I said I sat in front of the computer and I looked at all of the books that were being published and I just looked up at the ceiling and said good lord how am I going to stand out in this crowd and he said just uh, write what you needed when you were a little girl and that's what I did so let's let's go down that path you know when you're when you're channeling because you even said too that you've been working on yourself now for a few years and all that so when you started channeling that you know how did you come up with the 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 layout and format and was it also a challenge to face those things you know because I've often heard sometimes the, the little, you know, the, the kid inside of us isn't healed or... You're exactly right. You know. Because my healing journey really began <clears throat> after I finished writing the book. Because I, that I hit on all of the things that I, I did not know what to call when I was a kid. All the things that I felt through trauma and through rejection and through poverty and oppression and all the different things that I dealt with, I didn't have words for that. And sometimes when you don't have a language, it's hard for you to deal with it. And then you'll hear somebody talk about it down the road, and you'll be like, oh, that's what that's called. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they, you find yourself using their definition, and be very careful with that. Well, and a lot of kids, <laughs> too, they'll tell you, kids, you know, they look like they're throwing a temper tantrum. It's because they can't describe what it is they're exactly. trying to exactly. communicate. So what gets seen as a temper tantrum, and then the parent yells at the kid, hey, you sit down, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's because they can't communicate. So even in that same sense, our brains didn't understand as a kid what exactly the things were until at a later date when we're like, oh, that's... Right. And so, like, the biggest barrier, really, is that I'm trying to sell this book to parents, right, who haven't dealt with that stuff. Mm. And so I've actually had parents come back to me and said, you know, I had to sit with your book for a month before I could give it to my daughter. I had to go buy her another birthday present because... That book hit me like a ton of bricks. It opened their eyes. And it's written in fifth, you know, sort of those seventh to eleventh yeah. age group, right? Uh, but it's still effective with adults because there are so many adults that adapt someone else's language for their own, and they haven't had the courage to define their own language. And so for me, the construction of this book, setting up something fresh on each page, number I did one. That, yep. The reason I did that is so the child would not feel overwhelmed. So the child could open the book and with mom and dad and sit and say under the section of body positivity, there's the three rungs here where they can identify positive things about their body that they love, right? 
And so if they Which have. Which my daughter put everything. Well, she should. <laughs> she's she, gorgeous. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think that is. She, she just summarized everything. Oh, I'm pretty sure I, we're going to see her on billboards one day. I mean, she's one of the most beautiful children I've ever seen. Thank you. Thank um, you. She's wonderful. But for me, it was, you know, it, the organization was more about the introduction of the concepts, which one comes second and third and fourth, not mm. so much how each page was constructed. And then my prayer, as, as I was. You know, there were 68 things that I wrote. There's only 41 in the book. So out of those 68 things, it was deconstructed down to 62 because I was looking at the Amazon KDP publishing language, and over 62 pages, the core cost goes up tremendously. Interesting. Like Good 50, little tidbit. Let me remember um, that. And so most children's books that are published are between 22 and 26 pages, so I thought I would be pushing it at 62. And so then I, my prayer really became, oh, show me what has the most value. Mm. And then I came out with 41 things. And so, again, one thing on each page. And I really wanted it to be more informative and non-directive because I'm interested in this reaching kids that have different cultural backgrounds than I do, different spiritual backgrounds, you know. And, and when I say spiritual, I don't, I'm not just talking about, you know, somebody that might be Muslim or somebody that might be Buddhist, but I'm also talking about, the different um, dialects of even the Christian religion, correct? Right, because like I'm not, I'm not a Catholic. I don't ever want to be a Catholic, but I don't want a Catholic child to suffer, because I am not Catholic, right? And you you, you wrote it almost too, where even if maybe you didn't have a specific faith at all, right. you could still pick it up and you know identify or at least go through. The, the different subsections of, of the process to, to, to get to your truest core value, which maybe in a lot of sense, you know, we have to peel those layers back before we discover how God actually exists in our life. But that's neither here nor that's your own journey. Right. Everybody's got their own Everybody's road. Everybody's got their yeah. own road. And some of them I are was paved 19. and some aren't. <laughs> well, and I was 19. Uh, my road was uh, uh, yellow brick at the beginning of life. And then uh, I'd say cliffs and valleys and lots of stone and uh, then all of a sudden the tree branch caught me right before I hit the ground uh -huh. and uh, elevator back up you know <laughs> I used to be the type of I'll just share a little bit I, I was the type of person that you know because of the school system unfortunately uh, they taught us about you know, evolution, and uh, they taught us about the Galapagos Islands, and so there was no teachings of even the spiritual concept. It was, you're just DNA, and mm -hmm. here you are, and right. you're, you have no value in life, and I think that's a poor message to send to anybody. We have uh, a, a spirit, a soul within us, mm -hmm. I think, and I discovered that later in life, but I'd be the guy in that conversation, be like, well, you know, how could God exist or how could Jesus, whatever the situation was. And I, I learned at a young age when I was 19, Romans 5.3 jumped off the page, 3 through 5. It was my first tattoo as well. Um, and I'll say it and then we'll get back. It was affliction produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not fail because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that was the first verse I ever learned that or I ever read that I actually heard. And then from that day forth, it's been nothing but a fun, crazy journey. Be careful what you wish for, because if you say, hey, God, keep me in check by knocking me in the head with stuff, you will get an acorn or a tree branch or something like that. It will happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and not to digress too much, but it is part of that process of uncovering. And I, I wish I had something like what you put together as a kid, because 
even watching my daughter go through the steps that we've gone through so far, the sections, you know, I never thought highly of myself. I was picked on as a kid from like second, no, first, whenever I started getting a little chunky, you know? So from first to sixth grade, I mean, I had death threats in my locker. Like, I felt like I had to be something I wasn't just so people would leave me the hell alone. Right. And so I created, I always tried to stay true to myself, but I created something that would, you know, validate me so that they would just leave me alone. And my grandmother always said, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names and words will never hurt you. And I had to repeat those time and time again, but I wish I had affirmations. I wish I had something else that validated myself within myself, not to get through the day with other people. So that's where I think this is genius. Thank you. Um, I don't want to um, diss your grandmother. But um, I heard that growing up my whole life, sticks and stones. But, you know, uh, I think it's Proverbs, uh, what is it, 29 or whatever, that says the power of uh, life and death rests in the tongue. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that words are like poison. Right. That defensive verse now is weapons uh, that are formed against me will not prosper. That's what I always say. Or the weapons that are formed against me will prosper me, Ah. you know. Um, but in, to get back to, you know, this being uh, informational and non-directional, um, there is a little spiritual piece on the very last page, 62, <laughs> um, which is funny because after it was published, um, God came to me in the middle. It was like 2.30 in the, in the morning, woke me up in the middle of the night, and I walked in the kitchen. I, my heart was racing. I'm like, what's wrong? Did I have a bad dream? What's, what's going on? And then I heard him say, you remember that quote you kept getting fired for in the 90s because it was on your email signature? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, I want that in a book. And I said, yes, sir. So that quote is on the last page, and it talks about the value of having the courage to shine your own light. It's a a quote written by Marianne Williamson that was popularized like 10 or 15 years after she wrote it through that movie, I think Super B or something like that. And this was the whole, this was on your email signature? It was. And and I I lost three jobs because of this quote. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. And this was back in the... This was before PC was even 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. So right in the heyday of the Internet where, you know, you still had to wait 50 minutes for something to download or, you know, even to get access to the Internet with that whole AOL dial up sound. (laughs) and all. So you would actually get fired for this quote. I I refuse to take it off of my signature. That is insane. Well, then I think we should read it. Do you want to read it? Um, sure. Might as well. Um, it's, a, it's a quote that comes from a book written by Marianne Williamson back in 96. And the, the name of the book is A Return to Love, Reflections on the Principles of a Course in Miracles. Um, and and she's, oh, she's amazing. Um, and it says, quote, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. I'll let that resonate. Mm-hmm. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be that, right? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. 
as we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I love that. Man. And she's like the Maya Angelou of the 80s and 90s, where Maya was really big in the 70s. Yeah. Wow. Just, I mean, even the first line, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure because we don't want to, we, it's not that we don't want to believe that, it's that we're told right. to believe that, whether right. it be by others or even the people, which you'll hear me often, guys, on the podcast as we move through uh, different times is, you know, I'll resort back to the, the Four Agreements, uh, which is a fantastic book. Um, you would actually, you would love it. It's right up our alley. And it, it goes back to those ideals that we form. When somebody tells us something, Say, for example, and I've, I'll use a different one. My, my mom was told at one point by somebody she cared a lot about that she couldn't dance. Mm-hmm. And so she agreed with that person. And rather than try to dance with her friends from that point on, she would always just hold the purse. So we almost, we take people's poisonous words because maybe they can't dance or maybe they can't see the the. the or maybe they don't want you to be light. Maybe they want you to be less than because it makes them feel better. That ego, that uh, what, not, uh, the envy, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too in a lot of ways, but we'll spare those details for now. But, uh, you know, they, they, they want to bring you down and then you become something that you're not because you're not being truly who you are. And that's, so, so then that's why you wrote the book because... Yeah to get to that inner child to heal yourself, but then to know that there are millions of other kids who maybe they're searching to be something there. I know my daughter's got a lot of friends at her school, and I, I know one of them tries so hard, and you can see it, and she's not being, she's doing what she thinks she has to do to be accepted, when she's already accepted, and I think, you know, if she could have that internal validation rather than seeking the external, and not just her, but all of us. Right. And she's missing something at home, probably. You know? Yeah. Nonetheless. So, that, then that, that's, that's the whole root of it, isn't it? So you were, that seed was planted in you. God planted that seed in me when I was in college. And, uh, it, and you had no idea what it was going to be for. No. And actually, I had possession of the book. Um, I used to, <laughs> I'm going to be aging myself here, but I used to go to yard sales a lot, and I was always digging through the books and the records. Records, remember records? The, oh, yeah. The little flat my, my, vinyl thing. I got my daughter a vinyl <laughs> record player for Christmas, so she's all into the records. Oh, now. yeah, they're coming it's back. It's an all in one. It's got, listen, it's got a CD player. It's got a uh, tape player. It's got radio. Like, it's got everything all in one. And once in a while, you know, I'd find a cool cast iron pan or something. I never bought clothes or anything like that. It was always about books and music. And uh, I found um, Marianne Williamson's book. And the funny thing is when um, I had all the books I'd bought in a box, and when I brought them into my apartment, um, I was taking them out. And her book was uh, sort of half opened and bent, and like the books had fallen against it. And the page that it opened on was on that quote. And it was the only thing I ever read in that book for years. And so I thought, I like that quote. I'm going to use a part of it for my email signature. Well, I started putting it on my email signature, and I thought, well, I can't just use part of it. i got to use all of it. So I used the whole quote. And I had the people saying, you know, it's offensive to have, you know. It's, it's offensive to be spiritually enlightening. It, it, well, you know. It's, 
Isn't that Nowadays, a shame? Nowadays, it's not just that. If but you're telling the truth, if you're kind, all of those are acts of you rebellion. Can't, these you days. can't be anything other than what other people want you to be. And if you're not that person, they terrorize you. And I just laugh at them now. I'm like, <laughs> sorry yeah. for you. Have a nice day, buddy. Or give them the old Willy Wonka. Good day, sir. Right? Wouldn't it be great if our kids had duck feathers at a kid's age rather than us growing them as adults? Like, my big thing with this book like is that. two pieces. One you know, why are we teaching kids to fit in? We need to be teaching them to be authentic. If they're authentic, they're always going to be happy. Unapologetically authentic. Right? So I like that. Right? That, that's, a, that's a huge value point for the book. Um, and, and the other one, you know, is, it's all about the language, you know, because our belief systems are constructed by not only what we agree to on the external world, but also how well we lie to ourselves mm -hmm. and how sweet that voice is. And when it puts that code of comfort over your behavior or over your feelings and it gives you a place to hide them, what do they do? Well, they fester, right? So why should we spend the last half of our lives healing from the first half? <laughs> why shouldn't we give kids the I'm tools? I'm going to need a little whiskey in my coffee for this <laughs> conversation. I mean, seriously, why don't we empower our children to be able to self-heal now? So that as they're going through relationships and struggles, one, they'll make better choices, and two, you know, the, the rebound isn't as painful and long. They can categorize things better in a more healthy way, in a more honest way, and move on quicker. You know, I got to – okay, so now that we're at this point, it's going to bring on a little bit of a segue topic that I had written out because I want to go over what I've witnessed just in the – you know, a few sections that Cora was, my daughter was able to do and give you, you know, I think I alluded to some of the feedback. Um, but, oh gosh, I just uh, drew a blank with my, my thing here real quick. Uh, say that last part that you said, I can edit this part out. The, uh, oh, about spending the last half of your life healing. Spending the last part of your half. healing for the last part. So I alluded to that where in the last year, I've been on a healing, a true healing journey. I mean, talk about healing journey where you leave your job and, and mm -hmm. you know, leave money on the table to, to find out exactly. Because I've only ever plugged and played. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I, I didn't know, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I, I was. And I, I loved, I've, I love my life. But I wanted to, I think, well, I finally listened to God and he was like, hey, man, I need you to go. I've been prepping you for a long time. You're kind of over bacon at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But in going back to the, to as it pertains to my daughter, and I, I told you about this a little bit too, I always wanted to be a father. But in that being a father, I've always felt that I was a teacher and a coach. And when I, when I look at the things that my daughter has even experienced, which I, I never wanted her to be in a split family. I, mm -hmm. That wasn't my dream. But things happen. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she's she's done her best to play her roles, and she's picked up other things going on. And a bunch, She's a very smart kid, very in tune. But she started going through your book, and one of the sections is on affirmations. Right? This is what I was telling you about. And even for myself, I've come to understand, and I've, I've even written this in, in my own uh, the, the script writing book that, we're, that, that this whole podcast is predicated upon, um, we are either quick to judge or we can also be quick to give a compliment, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. 
your hair looks nice or, you know, he's got a gnarly beard, whatever, you know, mine's still growing. So it's bush. But if somebody says, hey, you look really nice today. Nine times out of 10, though, Tracy, we're not accepting that. Right. That that compliment. And I asked myself recently, I said, well, why why can I give compliments, but I can't take the compliments? It goes back to this entire conversation that we've been having ever since we were a kid. We've only looked for validation from others. We've never given it to ourselves. Right, exactly. And, you know, that's why being grateful, like you said, is important. But the affirmations for me, I think, is probably one of the most important talk tracks. And maybe you agree, disagree. But affirmations within oneself, you're, you're telling yourself, you're complimenting yourself. And it's hard at first, isn't it? It is. And it helps, you know, if you couple it with something that you're not used to. Um, for mm. example, if you're right-hand dominant and you get up in the morning and you want to say two or three affirmations to yourself, you know, I love myself, I am worthy, I'm going to have a good day, I'm not going to notice anything but glimmers today, and I'm going to filter everything through grace and gratitude and love, right? When you say those things to yourself, one of the ways to reprogram your neurospace in your body is to, instead of using your right dominant hand, for example, to brush your teeth, you would use your left. And this causes your brain to fire in different portions. and because of what you're telling it while you're doing that, it absorbs it faster. Correct. So, Have you ever um, read the book Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza? Mm -hmm. So similarity to what he's, what he's written. And I, I love these types of conversations. I love these types of books. It makes me feel like, oh, all of this is for something and we're all connected in more ways. Like you talked about the cloth, mm -hmm. that's one little piece here and there. We're all connected, mm -hmm. right? So same thing that he says, he even goes as far as saying, you want to create something new, put your pants on a different leg first. Mm -hmm. And instead of going to the Starbucks on, uh, you know, commercial or commercial way, go to the Starbucks on Cortez. See different things and right. create different things. Or make your coffee at home and uh, take the five bucks and buy I, three or four breakfast sandwiches and hand them out to the homeless. Come to the Cafe Connection down here off Mariner Boulevard and, and spend your money wisely because their coffee's delicious and their chicken Caesar uh, wrap is really good. Going back to the affirmations of where I was going with that with my daughter, you know, she did a little check mark where it says, I am love just or I, I am love just the way I am. I believe in myself and my abilities. But then she circled a couple. And when I saw her circle them, I recognized, like you said, the little gaps. And maybe you can expand upon that what you are are thinking as far as uh, uh, parents goes and, and helping their kids because parents have a lot of unhealed trauma. You alluded to the one lady that had to get her kid another birthday gift because you know, she had to go through it herself and recognize, holy crap, I'm, you know. But my daughter circled, I am brave and can face my fears. And she said, and she also circled 23, I am patient and take my time to make good decisions. So she's conscious and aware right. of, and that convicted her. Right, and it gave you a tool to empower her. Right, because you did it with her or she showed it to you. So it, it helps parents, I think, identify any gaps in the messaging that they're trying to impart to their children as it relates to, one, how they fit into the world, uh, two, their relational, you know, the spice in their relations, you know, mom loves you, dad loves you, whether we're together or not. Um, and, and I think having that practice of affirmations for our children every morning empowers them to not 
go to school comparing themselves to every other child in the room. Because one of the things we're not supposed to do is compare, covet, envy, right? If we are empowered by our own belief in who we are, it doesn't matter what a bully says to us, it'll roll off our back. Because it's our we own know who shield we are. of armor. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that something? And, you know, I never saw the affirmations quite that way until just even a few months ago where, like, I, I there's actually a, a, an affirmations playlist on Spotify, if you can believe that or not. And I'll, I'll fall asleep or I'll meditate to that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because I want to reprogram my brain. I don't want my opinion of myself to be predicated off of what other people think of me. Right. I could care less because guess what? You either at the end of the day are going to love me for who I am or I'm not going to dine at the dinner table with you. Right. And that doesn't mean I don't like you. Peace be with you. Go go amongst your business. Right. You're covered in the blood, but just over there. Just, you know. Hey, here's a buck. Or uh, I'll give an example. I do not get along with my daughter's mother. I'll be honest. There's a lot of things there. A lot of, lot of history, a lot of things. You can't expect just the relationship to end and all those things to, to go on. Right. Uh, so. But even last week, whenever it was a pickup drop-off situation, you know, my daughter texted me, hey, mom's not doing good. Uh, she, she, one of her teeth broke or whatever. She's in a lot of pain put myself aside and we meet at a Walgreens or CVS in Wesley Chapel and I went inside and I grabbed some Ambisol and I just gave it to her and I said here's this is for your teeth and she looked at me and you know even though I don't care to to want to dine at the same table it's not I'm not without compassion right well you know there's another part to that, though. Too. Oh. I don't know how deep you want me to get with it. I, please, this is what we're here for. Let's let's go beneath the surface. I, I would challenge you to um, to forgive on a cellular level, and and that doesn't mean like oh, and mentally, you know, I forgive them, and I'm going to do this. And yes, you put on your Superman cape, and you got the imbecile and kudos and you who on that because there's a lot of men that won't do that i didn't want to yeah i just said i'm gonna be a good person here but forgiveness on a cellular level is setting yourself free you painted for me your cage when you told me that you went against what your beliefs were you went against all this stuff to do something you felt was right for someone you used to love that happens to be the mother of your child why why do you live? Why do you choose to live in that cage when, if you exercised marrow cellular forgiveness, where you and that is essentially all that is is saying, God, I have a lot of mixed up emotions about this. I'm going to give it to you, and hmm. you can rewire my thinking. And when you allow that to happen, you are disengaging with the negative energy that you're holding inside, and uh. that allows you to see the blessings that came out of your decisions. Even though you had a lot of lessons, there were some silver linings in there. And though you may be the 100% parent or 60% or whatever your custody agreement is, um, when you do that, one of these affirmations that your daughter circled, that will help her heal. Heal from that. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even think about it from that standpoint. I just, I saw it as somebody I had once cared about and uh, needed something to, to be at ease with something and probably never would have thought about it. <laughs> right. You know? and it's hard and to take a blow like you that. Know, it really is. And, I, and, I, and, you're, and you're right. It, it, uh, 
it, it did release a lot of the negative energy. And I think that at the end of the day, we talked a little bit about frequencies. All of our pent up anger mm -hmm. and all of our pent up thought processes are killing us. You want to talk about depression? Think about the same thing over and over again that you can do nothing to change or about it. Or talk about it, or complain talk about it, gossip about it. And I'm just as guilty. Yeah. And so you're reinforcing I'm that negative energy field. You're well, not healing from it and graduating from it. You're, you're building the blocks in your prison. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. So I could almost say that maybe in a way doing this podcast is a way for me to help others help themselves, which you know, releases me from a lot of that as well, because when I'm focused on the positive things, I create that positive energy flow and I can relinquish these other things on the side. You know, uh, take that example, even a week after, just this past Saturday, uh, we had a, a get together, it was a small birthday party for my, my friend's daughter. And uh, my daughter's grandmother happened to live around the area. She wasn't doing really well. And I said, let's go get flowers. It's the release of negativity. Mm -hmm. It is. It is, and that's what these affirmations go for. That's that's all. It, it, is that it at the core? Are we on? Are we trying to get people? Yes, absolutely. Uh, and affirmations are way deeper than the words that are spoken, right? Just like your act of getting the imbecile for the toothache. If you continue to do good acts for someone that has dissed you in any way, hmm. not only we'll save that for another podcast. Not only <laughs> are you showing God's value hmm. in you, right? They are seeing it from a different perspective, but your daughter will see that when she's grown and she's in a relationship with a man, she doesn't have to fear speaking her mind or doing whatever because he's going to leave. She's going to think that if he does leave, he's still going to kind of take care of me because my dad modeled that for me. Which I I love that, and I and I talk to her all the time about stuff. I'm like, you know, one day you're gonna you know you're gonna fall in love with the person you love, and make sure you truly like I. You know, I, I want that for her as long as she wants it, whatever makes her happy. But, yeah. Sorry, I'm in Sorry, a moment. I didn't mean to get that I'm deep. in a moment of um, a, a contemplation here on the podcast. <laughs> you know, but that's what this is. That's what this is for. This is real, raw, material, life speaking life. You know, that's if this if these books didn't do what they what we are talking that they that we you know hope they would do for the then we wouldn't be having these types of conversations. I just realized why I'm here. Um, and I'm going to say this. I've been driven to say this. Um, and I'll, I'll apologize to your audience uh, from the get-go because this is a little graphic. Um, one of the things that I had to heal from um, wasn't just my stepdad coming into my room at night for five years, but when he reached a point where he could no longer do that, he recruited boys from my high school that I had to share the hallways with. And remind you, like in a very small town, we all rode the same school bus, you know what I mean, um, to watch him do what he was told to do. And so when I had to wow. face my healing on that, and this is what's going to blow your mind because it blew my mind, I could say a thousand times, I forgive him, I forgive him, I forgive him, and it didn't work. What worked was when God showed me that he was a child of God. And he's choosing to not listen to God. And I had to see it from a divine perspective to say, okay, in that moment in his life when he was doing that to me, he was still a child of God. I've been struggling with that. <laughs> 
It took uh, me I'll decades. Be it took me decades, honey. So it's uh, it's I'll be honest. Yeah. In that same how how you just worded it make made it more clear because hearing it from an outside perspective, you know, I I believe the light of God is in our hearts. Mm -hmm. I mean, our souls are part of Him. He created our energy. So. But you there know. are people who live in darkness and choose but, to. Well, correct. And they and they but they whether it's darkness or just that they're not found or. And I can't judge, you know, why she did the things that she did in that relationship, but you're absolutely correct. You know, and that's an eye-opening thing for me that I'll have to contemplate about and probably... Sorry to kick you under the table no, on that one, No, 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 no. I think that's the whole part of even the script writing because I have a section um, in, in my book where it's, you know, what pains you today? And, you know, life is about growth. It's not always rainbows and butterflies. It's it's hard stuff. Yeah, and there's thorns everywhere. And there's thorns <laughs> everywhere. You, but how do you know what the good times are without the bad times? And I think that's the, and and I knew four years ago, when I went through this this part of my life that I had to make sure I did the best to put healthy things. Not always mm -hmm. good, but you know. So I started playing golf. Right. I I love golfing. It's a nice little outlet. Four. It, well, I've hit a few houses. Sorry for, you know, anybody out there that's uh, come across me or that I've come across. I've met a lot of neighbors. Uh, you know, but and then things come to pass and, you know, you want to put things together and then you want to move forward. But then it, it's it, so that's that's kind of my thing. But for for the essence of my thing is how do we and I think this is where your book is so good for for the kids. I'm reaching the 30, 40, 50 year olds that are like, hey, I, I'm dying. No, you still have a life to live. Whereas mm -hmm. you're, you're reaching the root here. Maybe it's tangent, but like you can shape and know who you are now. Yes. Yes. And it's a, the amazing thing about that that I learned is it's so uh, compoundly incremental. Ooh, compoundly right. incremental. I've never heard those so words. I know it's kind of weird. Like it just that. just came to me. Um, I like that. Let's but coin what that. I mean by that Hashtag. is when you address one core item inside, whether it's a confidence issue, a fear issue, whatever it, anxiety, whatever it is, you address that one thing and you focus on healing it and you hold space for yourself as you're healing and reminding yourself well I, I, I made it through that situation or that situation you know I used my healing my pillars what it does is when you heal that one thing it has a compound effect and it heals a bunch of other things so then when you're taking inventory in a year and looking back on how far you've come and congratulating yourself for all your efforts you see that your list is much shorter because by healing one thing you healed several things it spreads out. Yes. Hmm. Because we are divine creatures. We are natural born healers. And when you make up your mind to heal and you physically act it out and you're, you know, consistent and true to yourself and don't lie to yourself and put on the, you know, coat of shame, um, you, the success is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. The level of success that you have depends on your dedication and your encounters or whatever the, the variables may be. But... Well, yeah. and to, the, to that point, too, that, you know, being the person that you you want to be, it's so easy to be, to do nothing. It's very easy to do nothing. But on the flip side, you can actually, so it's, it's just like, uh, 
and we're all guilty of it. We forgot to scan the, 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 the water that we put in the bottom of the cart. We get to the we get to the car, we put everything in, we get home, we're like, Oh my god, I didn't spend three ninety nine on water. Right, right. So what do we do? We panic a little bit, oh no, they're gonna come after me or you know, should I call you know, I seen something on the Facebook marketplace the other day for, for Spring Hill. Somebody uh uh, was in the, the Dollar Tree parking lot on Cortez, I want to say, and found $200 and, and oh, turned it Oh, I saw that. In. You saw that? Yeah, and they returned it. They returned it. That was great. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, what would I have done if I'd have found that $200? Meanwhile, this person's putting praise and thank you out there that there's a good Samaritan that knows they found $200 and they turned it in. But in the back of my mind, I had to think, would I have done that? I don't know. Well, Maybe you know. But it, that cosmic karma, that's right? what I was getting at, you know. Obviously, leaving the grocery store, that's unintentional. But um, in, 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 when you can make up for it on the spot or let's say you recognize it before you got in the car, the right thing to do is go back inside and pay for it mm -hmm. because you alleviate that negative energy that you impose on yourself and you take care of it. And then you actually feel better. Sorry. Then you actually feel better because you you took care of it. And then you made a friend, and then they know that you're honest. And then, you know. And that's it, all good karma. And it's all good karma. Yeah. And it overcomes. They what It says uh, one good deed will overcome a multitude of sin. Right? Yeah. Uh, love. Uh, oh. Love. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe and, I, and those good all right, deeds. I paraphrase. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, good deeds come from love. They come from love, either from self-love or for the love of humanity. Self-love. You know, so. That's what it is. If you're rooted in self-love, not in a selfish way. Right, right, of, in a healthy way. Yes, yeah. in the healthy way of self-love. All good things come from that. That mm -hmm. makes so much sense. Yeah, because uh, if you think of your soul, uh, and I, I want to give uh, William Pete Young credit for this. Um, he wrote this really, really popular book back in the 90s called The Shack. Um, and they made a movie out of it. Yeah, and yeah. and the, I'm sorry, Hollywood, but the movie did not do the book justice. <laughs> do they ever really? Um, so, I mean, I encourage everyone to read always. They're remaking Harry Potter right, right. now. Right. Oh, the TV gosh. Series. For another generation, right? Ten years yeah. worth of oh, series. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the things that he did so artistically in that book is when the main character is dealing with his grief and the loss of his daughter, and he's in the presence of the Holy Trinity in his... It's been years, but I remember. He's in the presence. Remember the scenery that they're in. They're weeding a garden. And so as he's talking. I thought it was snowy. Pardon me? I thought it was a snowy shack. I, I can only picture the book. I'm sorry. Well, it, it does take place in the oh, Pacific Northwest. Okay. And it was snowy when he was conscious, but there was a head injury. And some people say it's a dream. Some people say it's a true story. Like, you got to read the book to get the concept. i got to go back and read right. the book then. Um, but he's, you know while he's there under sort of the biosphere of the Holy Trinity being present in that shack where his daughter was brutally murdered, they're talking to him about different things. Not her, but different things. They're healing things on the outside edges. And they have him working in the garden and pruning stuff. And even in the Bible, it talks about God being, you know, the great gardener, right? He's the, the vine, the, 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 he's the root, right? And then the vine and then the branches. I mean, he uses, even in the scripture, um, that analogy and so I've, I'm a firm believer in just carrying that out so when you look at the construct of the soul and and cosmic energy and all of that when you are doing good deeds or when you believe in yourself in a healthy way or you are faithful to you know your morals and virtues for example I'm going to help my neighbor once a week take her trash out you know when you do those things you 
are planting and fertilizing seeds and, and bulbs that are already in your heart's garden, but you're also planting new ones. And so in the course of just talking about frequencies and stuff, you know, you can put the sand on the drum and run different frequencies through it and it makes different shapes, snowflakes yes. and different things like that, right? So life events creates different garden shapes inside of your heart, <laughs> right? Life, <It's> wait, <laughs> I got to mark that. Life events, let's get, uh, say it one more time. I'm going to clap on that one. Life events creates different shapes inside your heart. Yeah, of the garden space. Right? Based on like how you associate it with the frequencies of the sand on a drum kit. Wow. And so part of that is in my so mind. So we're just all imprinted with different. This this is a new. We 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 might go over an hour, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, not sorry. So so um, our life is imprinted with all of these different marks. Some good, some bad. Mm -hmm. And some high vibrational, some low vibrational. Your response to them decides whether you're having a weed planted in your garden, a the legal kind, bulb, the legal kind, or <laughs> a tree that provides shade for the generations that come after you that you will, will never sit in because yep, you were growing that. to create that shade, right? That's also from a parable in the Bible. But what I'm saying, I'm not trying to be super religious, but what I'm saying is that the concept. The principle, it's, principi it's right. principles. That is what's behind this book. And it's not telling anyone how to be or how to do or what to say or any of those things. It just is giving them that space to be able to look at their little seven-year-old garden and say, you know what, Mom? I've got a few weeds here. Can you help me get these weeds out? Hmm. And then Mom or Dad can say, well, why do you believe that? What made you start thinking like that? And so let's address it where it started. Let's pull the up by the roots, and now we're going to plant something beautiful together. And that's what happened in the shack, right? That's that's how he healed. And so when he came out of his head trauma and everything, sitting in the hospital, he was trying to tell the story that this is what happened. They're like, no, you're passed out in the snow for a yeah. week or whatever. But, yeah, so I, I, that really kind of imprinted on my brain, and I started looking at that sort of the frequency occurrences in this world and all of the sort of bumping around like balloons in a room we are, you know, bumping against experiences and places and people and you know, everything. And our response to that is what gets planted in our garden. And over a period of time, that becomes a recipe for our personality, for how we treat people, how we treat ourselves, yeah, how we love, how we hate, right? Whether we solve problems with violence or whether we're intellectual about it, like, that's our garden. Wow. You get to decide what you plant in it. And that's why this book exists. You know, and then you look at the construct of society today. We're not got, we're not we're not uh, uh, gardeners anymore for the most part. We buy our food and groceries at grocery stores. Parents skip iPads we to kids skip, to babysit them. We skip the <laughs> basic principle. It's like it's like when uh, the, I'm mean, use the Karate Kid for example, the, the 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 movie back in the day where he's okay, just up and down doing the brush strokes on the fence, mm -hmm. and then he learns how to high block, low block, all these things. He didn't know what he was learning at the time. He just we are skipping yes the essence of growth exactly we it's are going you brought that up because i was just we are air plants because you remember in the same our movie, roots aren't our roots aren't planted firmly into the ground they're planted into the air it's all it's right. all nothing and this these books that we've written with god in mind and within purpose are a way for us to connect our roots back to the wellspring and back to the soil where we can actually stand firmly into Absolutely. the ground. Absolutely. That's an excellent thing to say, yes. Wow. But you brought up that movie, and I was going to say something from that movie earlier, and I, I censored myself. And I don't know if you remember, but when after he saw Mr. Miyagi fight, 
he goes back, he's super excited. Teach me Kung Fu, teach me whatever, Jitsu, whatever Yagi, it is. No, fight. Uh, no, first you must learn to heal. And then we teach you how to fight. Right? <laughs> You're right. Because if we're not healed, we can't let our energy flow freely. Right. And not only that. If that makes, if that's the connection. Right. Well, there's a lot, there's several connections. If you examine it for a minute, too, whether you could look at it like, I come, I'm a retired nurse, so I come from a background of healing and holding a lot of hands of people that have died. Um, so I'm, I'm privy to understanding people's regrets and lives, um, and from all across different cultures and religions, and so that's another little piece of the book is, you know, that. But in terms of the Karate Kid, the scenario, um, if you are healed, you will try to solve the problem without fighting. If you are healed, you will try to solve the problem without fighting. Yeah. Because violence is what makes us a primitive race. Hmm. We try to solve our problems with violence. And, um, you know, and you can see that evidentiary through across presidential terms, right? Uh, well, so. that or just driving down Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but again, you know, we, we have children that are going off to war because of men in a room somewhere deciding that they want to fight, not because that there's a And it's usually government. Reason. Right. And so, again, we are dealing with sort of this societal construct of everything is outside of you. Here, you're five years old and you're bothering me and I want to watch my TV show or I want to be on social media. I'm going to give you an iPad with your favorite movie on it and you can watch that. So we're from that young learning. age, you're teaching the child to get their validation from an electronic device, not from the lap of a loved one. Right? I have my, yes, I've got my, the, the, the thing with the technology, you know, I, I, I do let Cora use it. I think she's you know, because I think that's the way of the oh, world. Oh, it's, right. it's invaluable. It's invaluable. It's invaluable to know how to use it, but it's also valuable. Like y yesterday, I was like, "Nope, you're not. You're you're off. It. Go go paint a picture. Go right. Let's let's watch a movie together, or you know, stuff of that nature." Uh, because you know, it's it's in the world, mm -hmm. but we have to be balanced with it. And we can't endless. I keep hearing the the thing like. Uh, I think like it's a time suck on on Facebook or whatever doom doom scrolling. Have you heard of that term? Oh yeah, doom and scrolling? I tried to replace it with oh. an ad that they had Headspace or something like that. And I and I'm, I, I'm not a toot my own horner kind of person, but I swear I looked at everything that they had for the a cure for doomsday scrolling, and I, they didn't teach me anything. Well, I I, I, <laughs> I I I have I have a slight cure for you. I have recognized. That we waste our time on the junk stuff. Mm -hmm. We type in on things that people think are they're 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 writing an essay to change somebody's mind. They're all they, they we all think we're going to change the world with that one little message, right? Even just yesterday, there's this not a Funko Pop, but it's another brand kind of like a Funko, and they made a Baphomet figure. And I was like, y'all know what Baphomet represents, right? And then I get all this slew of hate. Well, if you don't like it and all the representations, you know, the, the, the knights of this and that. And I'm like, I don't want it in my house. Now, I'm not perfect. I got a tool tattoo on my arm. Like, okay, well, whatever. That's cool. I like tool. I <laughs> love tool. I'm a big Eddie Van Halen fan. So. Okay, there you go. No, uh, uh, I love the Adam. Oh, wait, no, that's not Eddie Van Halen. I'm just about to mess myself up. <laughs> so sorry. I went straight to Pearl Jam. Mm -hmm. uh, Eddie Vedder is what I went to. <laughs> sorry. Nonetheless, I, I think the trick is 
becoming conscious and aware that, hey, maybe I shouldn't watch all these uh, uh, cop hate videos, right? Right. Or, you know, the this, what's going on in the politics of things. Because then, then I'm just watching the news. So instead, when I think about it, what I've been doing is I like going on to, say, Instagram, like going through the reels where it is all of this enlightenment stuff. Yeah, that's how I have mindset too, yeah. The algorithms are so mm -hmm. much different, and then you stay at peace because you're not letting, and, and if you know the methodology behind the media, mm -hmm. they give you all the hate with a little feel-good in the middle mm -hmm. before the before the 15-minute break, and then they give you all the hate and the breaking news and the this guy got burglarized and this guy got car accident. And then the last little thing, oh, here's a puppy for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's sensational. So no no different than how kind of like our lives are. And what do we fixate most on? The negativity. So that's why these books, your your book is so important for the, for the kids to stay focused in on themselves, to learn that the love that they can give themselves through their relationship with God will help them keep all of that other stuff at bay so that they're not distracted, so that they can get their roots firmly planted back in the ground, and so they can find their purpose and their dreams and obtain that without needing validation from anybody else. Exactly. I mean, the biggest enemy in your entire life lives between your ears. <sighs> it's not the bully at school. It's not the boss you hate. It's not the neighbor that gives you crap about your trash can. It's what's between your ears and what... You allow yourself to believe about yourself and about your environment. And that is what drives your behaviors and what you do and who's around you and who you're attracted to and how much money you make. Like, mindset is key. Well, and you don't notice that the thing, too. You're not asking kids to type this out. You're asking them to write it. You have, yep. You've got this one here. It says, draw a picture of you and your friends having fun together. Write down why you appreciate them and what makes you spe what makes them special. So my daughter did the She's the drawings. Great of artist. Friends. Look at that. I tell you, it, look look at the eyes real quick. She can do eyes with a soul. Right, and they're looking at her. And they're all looking. And this is well, this is her friend uh, Angelina oh. there, but nonetheless, yeah, she just she didn't even draw herself. Oh. And they all have a soul, and they're all looking they somewhere, do. and it's like. And she's been able to do that for years. I mean, I got her tablet. I got her some art lessons. Amazing. I even have a website that I purchased on GoDaddy, which we've done nothing about, but it was called UBU Art because she wanted to post you being, people being themselves. So we, we own the domain. We just haven't done anything with it yet. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. It doesn't matter. But I wanted to get her in that mode of creation, that mode of, hey, you can do these things. You want to be a, a, a nail or a you know hair salon, mm -hmm. whatever, go be the best one you can be. You want to do nails, go be the best. The only thing I say is stay out of fast food. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and the same applies for boys. You know, when you look at the school system that Rockefeller set up um, in the early 1900s. 1903, where yeah. he donated millions of dollars, which has not created the, the construct where he did not want people to be thinkers. He wanted people to be doers. Right. And so you have a classroom that's eight hours a day, five days a week. A bell rings when the school starts. A bell rings when the school gets a out. A bell right? rings when we wake up it's in the morning. It's conditioning. It's all Our conditioning. Alarm. So you, in the context of little boys, they were hunter-gatherers, A 100 25 years ago. Yep. They were out hunting. They were fishing for their food. They didn't go to market and buy it unless they had money. We didn't have refrigeration until the late have, 1800s. Right. They didn't have power. And so when you think about putting children in a square box room 
with one person who parents, I think, trust way too much. Um, and let that person or the six or seven people through the course of the day direct your child's mind. And then your child has to ride a school bus or with you home with siblings or whatever. And there's no real decompression. They come home. Now they've got home tours to do or sports to play or whatever. And it's just so important for us to honor our primitive roots where the boys are taken out in the woods, the girls are taken out in the woods, and they're solving problems or they're discovering things. They're climbing a tree, like they're getting grounded with nature. Uh, because we're really, we're really, especially since COVID, we've kind of been robbing children of that. Um, now they have to wear, you know, some states still they are wearing masks in school during flu season and all this kind of stuff. And well, there I say, if you can smell a fart through your mask, it's probably not working. Well, I come from a health care. <laughs> I can cut that out if you want me to. I promise you that there's nothing about any kind of mask that's on the mask market that is uh, working against viruses, I promise you. Well, even the, the uh, N95s, it only, it only blocks you from the uh, particular, the surgical masks only block you from blood particulates. So nonetheless. I mean, but not even that. We're, we're, <laughs> But but you hit the nail on the head, and I want to I want to go back on the point that you just said. Um, you know, as as we begin to work our way, actually, I'm not even going to say it yet. But I noticed it because Cora has an older sister that I raised since she was two, and I noticed it with her, and then I made sure to make sure that Cora understood the difference. So, what I started noticing was is t two things. Same thing I did as a kid. Well, what'd you learn in school today, honey? I don't know. Right. Okay, number one. How are you doing today? Fine. Fine. Yeah. Feeling insecure, neurotic, and emotional. <laughs> um, but but I the other the other tune was, why aren't you listening to us? But you're afraid of getting written up and in trouble by the teacher. Right. So, with even Cora's older sister and and uh, whom I still love dearly, and if you ever, uh, whenever you turn eighteen, please call, call me. Uh, <laughs> that's just a little joke there. Uh, not really, but you can. Um, you know, telling um, or teaching, not telling, that, hey, those people are supposed to guide you in math, science, and all this stuff, mm -hmm. but we are your parent. Right. You cannot give them more authority, nor do they have more authority than us. Right, but and, we put and, and, these teachers in authoritarian positions, right? And not only that, but there's that sort of mass psychology, the mass hysteria, like when you have riots and stuff, that takes place in even as small as classrooms. Mm -hmm. You have kids peer pressured into behaving a certain way because that kid does, or that kid does, or that kid does, That's and a great that kid is good or bad. So that teacher, in essence, is like the director of an orchestra, right? And her power or his power, in my opinion, is way too much. Um, at, or <clears throat> school needs to be a much shorter day, in my opinion. You know, just because our that. kids need more grounding in who they are, the fact that they are a three-dimensional being. They are not a human walking around with a spirit. They are a spirit wearing a human, human suit, suit, right? So, you know. Let me get a high five there. <laughs> that's for all of us, not just the kids. Right. And, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the core of it, right? So even when parents go through this book, you know, like I said, I've gotten the feedback where, oh, my gosh, I had to sit with this. And I had to really look up some stuff because I didn't understand. And you mentioned that I didn't put certain things in to make it sort of um, religious or cultural. And that was on purpose. But I also left uh, some vague vaguity in there that um, uh, I really struggle with, like, for example, on the boundaries page. Okay. What page um, is that? I'm gonna I don't know. 
I thought I had the book with me that was marked, but it's not. Um, Got my goals. I have the book with me that emotions. I've given. Right ah, here, setting healthy page boundaries. Thirty-seven. Yes. Oh, there you so go. So it's, I mean, it very simply reads, you know, boundaries are like imaginary lines that help us protect ourselves and our feelings. Let's learn about boundaries. Task. Draw a picture of a fence with the words, my boundaries on it. Parents. Role playing is a good way to help your young one to identify physical and social boundaries. Well, here's my quandary with that. And I did pray about it and I didn't get an answer. So I didn't do anything else to it. Boundaries exist, not just in physical, social forms. They also exist in your mind and in your heart. And teachers are really good at teaching boundaries. Stand in line. Wait your turn. You're sitting at this desk. Here's, you need a hall pass to go to the bathroom. Right, exactly. Um, like cattle, right? Not yes. humans. Um, and so this empowers the parents if they're willing and are, you know, into the healing journey themselves and have the vocabulary themselves where they can discuss mental barriers spiritual barriers, heart barriers, you know, what are you going to let hurt your feelings? What are you going to react to emotionally? You know, like giving the parents the power to make some of these pages their very own. And mm -hmm. when I didn't get the answer back, when I was like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Because I could write a book just on this one topic. And he's like, didn't answer. And I thought, okay, I got to leave it the way it was it written in the heat of the moment because... I wasn't asked to change it. But that's just an example of how teachers and parents could complement each other and maybe did initially early on in the school well, system. At small towns, they knew right. each other, too. Yeah, they'd go to church together and see each other in a grocery store. I grew there up There wasn't nothing getting yeah. past nobody. That's right. Everybody knew <laughs> everybody way too much on everybody else where I grew up. <laughs> Think about Facebook now where we're all in our homes but in person. <laughs> right, exactly. So you can loathe your enemies digitally. Um, but, you know, just the boundaries, right, with the kids – do they know when they're talking to themselves about something they experienced that day? Say some kid uh, shoves another kid against the wall, all right? The kid that did the shoving is not going to have another thought about what he did because he's already reacted from his emotions. But what he did is set off a, a sort of trickle of events, you know, a, a series of unfortunate events where that child then is going to feel one physically mishandled, right, violated physically, um, two, emotionally, it's going to hit them, and they're going to say, oh, what's wrong with me? Why did they do that to me? And they'll, everyone, everyone except, you know, true narcissists, they identify with that. They, they bring it into their core, and they hold on to it for decades. Decades. Empaths. Right? And, and so then if you have a child that has a language and can talk to mom and dad and say, yeah, Bobby, he shoved me in the hall today. You know what? He must be having a really hard time at home tonight. You know, can we pray for him? Hmm. Where a child can show empathy to another child. Uh, and I used for years, I'm going to say this, and you may want to cut it out, I don't know. But for years, I would go into restaurants, and I would say, if you sit me next to a child, I will walk out. Because if I'm paying $60, $75 for a meal, I don't want to hear an undisciplined child cry and scream while I'm trying to relax. So then I started changing my behaviors, right? And I thought, okay, if I sit beside a child and they're well-behaved, I'll send the waitress over to ask the parents if I can buy the child dessert. And I started doing that. So, Or a jar of Ambisol. Right. My ex-wife. Exactly. You, when you, you know, You're that's releasing part of that, that the maturing. negativity with right. a positive. You're transmuting it. Transmuting. 
Ooh, you're alchemizing it. Yes. Right? You're alchemizing the energy, and positive energy has Converting. way more power than negative Converting. energy. Converting. Yeah. And, and you said something, which I want to talk about a quick story with, with my daughter at school. And, you know, she began, it was just the end, towards the end of last year, second semester, and she uh, began, began coming home uh, upset. And I'd ask her how her day was, and she could remember nothing of what she was supposed to learn in class. But... You know, thankfully she still got straight A's, but telling me all about these two kids that were bullying the mm -hmm. other kids and all these different stories, and she was getting emotional. And I said, well, how come you can remember more about those things than you can? And I said, oh, there's a distraction here. So I had to break it down mentally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, you had said something about how teaching them to, like, hey, maybe think of it like maybe they don't have the best home life. Maybe right. they don't have even if they have mom and dad, maybe they're not present. Maybe they haven't eaten in two days. Maybe they're wearing the dirty underwear. You don't know the story. Maybe mom and dad are alcoholics. And then they kick <laughs> the cat, and they do, they do what they've been taught through biopsychosocial makeup to do on to, to, to make themselves feel validated. They then go and make somebody else feel the way that they feel. So that Because maybe going back to the earlier conversation, you know, kids don't know how to express what they're feeling. Right. But if they can make other kids express how they're feeling, then they can feel better about themselves. Right. And, and I think this will empower a lot of children to lead their peers. Um, and, and the other thing, too, you know, it's more than just a language and understanding and, com you know, sort of compartmentalizing and defining thoughts and feelings. Um, it's also empowerment mm. because your child then will walk into their adolescent years and say they're at a sleepover, and some kid at the sleepover, there's five of them, and one of them brought alcohol. And the parents that are hosting it don't know about it because the kids are in the Florida room or, or the or basement whatever. or whatever. And so there's a new dynamic that's brewing, right? And you have a child that is self-aware and confident and sure of who they are and in their love with their parents and their milieu, whatever their milieu is, then that child will either slip out and send that, that little alarm text that you arm your child with, like, uh, Dad, call me and tell me I have to come home because something happened. So she sends you one word, and you know that's what that means, and you're rescuing her. But you empowered her, right? And when she left... You gave her the right to make the right decision. Right. And when she left, and even though she had to sort of fib to her friends, well, Dad says I have to come home because we had something happen in our family, mm -hmm. the other kids... Whether they talk about it or not, it leaves residual on them. Well, she didn't stay to do this, that we later woke up with a hangover, was puking and regretted. Mm -hmm. So then your, your daughter will automatically, in some cases, I, I feel like in my case this happened, you get shut out of those groups because they think, oh, once that happens once or twice, they don't invite you to do it anymore. Right, because yeah. they know it's on the backhand, it's on the back burner. They're keeping it from mom and dad. They're, you know, something that's going to happen. Spin the bottle, whatever. So I'm, date, I'm aging no, myself no, again. No, no, no. Yeah. But the kid, you know, when when I don't the kid think I is ever rescued, <laughs> <laughs> when the kid is rescued, then that's the perfect time for mom and dad to say, "There's nothing that you will ever do that will cause me to reject you. There is no truth you will ever tell me that will make me hate you, and there's nothing that you can do that will make me stop loving you." So when I ask you questions, be honest with me, and I can walk you through it. And when the child has a language to ask the questions, the questions are easier to answer. No, it makes, sorry, I got, I'm just thinking, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about, you know, 
the times I've been able to do that and the times where maybe I dropped the ball, you know, even with my daughter's young age and thinking about the years that are to come and hope, hoping that, hey, I'll let you get away with some stuff, but only if you do this stuff right, like kind of, yeah. you, know, you know, make good decisions, you know, be your own driver. Hey, you know what? If you do get caught in this situation, let me know. I'll send an Uber for you. Like, right. you know, let her know, like, Daddy Daddy did some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, know? I'm not saying we have to be. Nobody's perfect. We don't perfect. have to be a nun or, any, or you know, a My mom had it, two jobs. She was a single parent. You know, we, I was raised on welfare. My brother got the benefit of her graduating and becoming a nurse and making money and wore Coca-Cola clothes, and I got mine from yard sales. So we're completely different yeah. people because we were raised in completely different milieus. I grew up with a single mom in a part of town that had HUD housing, and there's only six houses in the whole county, so everybody knew who lived there who they were, their backstories, and you have to wear that every time you go out in public. So that became your identity right. without people even getting to know who you were. Right. You were automatically put in that social class. Right. And I guess that was the, the sign of the, the times back then, whereas now I think I at least walk, I, I, I feel like I've always been able to walk around with, well, I don't really care in the last few years, but I do really care. But, like, yeah, you're right. And then, you know, probably from the de- – from how you would dress versus how the other kids dress. and Well, I mean, you know, now we all lie about who we are and what we want and where we come from based on our credit score and our income. We could have nothing in the bank. <laughs> right. But we got the, the best nice watch. Car and got, the nice uh, Yeah. We got an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And you're making payment plans. And, <laughs> and we're about to have those new ones that go over our face for $3,500 too. Right. You, you know, know, I'm just a, I'm firm, <sighs> I'm a firm believer that, you know, as a mother, um, as a retired nurse, as somebody, I worked in hospice, I did emergency medicine, I've done disaster, I've been to two disasters here in Florida as a federal DMART response oh, wow. team member. So I've seen a lot of death, and I've seen people take advantage of tropical storms to tie a mother-in-law they don't like to a propane tank and leave town. Like, I've seen stuff that you wouldn't believe. Um, and I've seen how horrible people can be to the people that they say they love. They love. And I just believe from the core of my motherhood and the core of the healer that I, you know, have become over the years is that we've got to get these kids' minds on themselves. we got to pull their power back into themselves mm. so that they can row their own boat successfully. Exactly down the stream. Yeah. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. I've been saying that a lot these days it's not a it's not a dream but we we can with god make it a beautiful experience oh yeah and the devil makes it beautiful too i mean i'll sit here and tell you that um the love of my life i found while i was sinning uh writing this book i had the time to do it because i you know i was sinning doing what i wanted to do i want to go hang out in the bar and have a lunch and have a few drinks i want to watch the dolphins jump and go home and write you know I thought that was harmless, but it's not because you're drinking and you're driving, right? And so you really, that that code of honesty that we're talking about, you know, the devil is the one that causes it to have all these colorful patches. And that's why when we are individual and we are authentic, the darkness in you is just as beautiful as the light. Because every reflection where the devil has touched your life shows a sign of your beauty mark of how you were able to heal. 
Say that one more time. The darkness is just as beautiful as your light. Yes, it is. Because all I've of always learned to to hate my darkness, and to you know, well, I've always hated. We're made in God's image. We're not perfect, in His image, right? In His image, in terms of what He thinks humans should be and how they should be, which includes the dichotomy of man: positive, negative, good, bad, all that, right? It's part of who we are. So when you accept yourself and you trust yourself, you also have to accept your flaws. And wear them with vulnerability, right? So you can't walk around and say, oh, you know, I'm an asshole. Da, 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 da. No. Well, if you know you are, you, know you're an <laughs> asshole, you should change it. So you make <laughs> efforts to not be an asshole. And then you can make a joke after you get to know someone. You know, a year ago, this would have been my response. You know, <laughs> a year ago, you'd have been popped in the mouth by now. Right, and you draw all that like laughter that. out, right? So we have to embrace our darkness. So it, this isn't about putting out any darkness it's it's about letting a light shine but you know light can't exist without darkness darkness can't exist without the light and but in that sense embracing and being honest with your darkness you can relieve it right it's duty yeah and like you just did it's an on and off switch oh that goes back to what i taught what i taught cora Mm -hmm. with the with the bullying thing Mm -hmm. i said okay I said, don't give them your power. I said, think of. I said, I, I did this. I drew this out. I said, you have a fan in your room, right? It's 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 on. It's spinning. I said, what controls the fan? She said, the switch. I said, okay, what happens if you push it up or down, whatever direction? She's like, oh, it'll turn off. Okay, in the same sense, that flow of energy, you can't, you, it won't go through if you don't leave it on. Right. So if you can learn to shut it off, so that same principle just like popped back into my head, and that's what it's all about. It's, isn't life fun? Um, when you start to break it down. I'm telling you, this last year has been the most um, adventurous, tumultuous, and oscillating year of my life. Um, but I can I, attest to mine as well. I have learned so much, not just about myself, but I've kind of risen above the the gated sort of everyday turmoil of life. You know, I, I don't get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and have the same thing and go to the same route to work and do the same things at work and then come home and repeat for 75 years. You're creating something new. I'm creating something new because my life has value and this is my way of paying myself back for all of the times that I didn't stand up for myself while I was enduring traumas because I chose to believe that I was ugly in some way or unwanted or, or whatever the word may be. You internalized it towards yourself Yep. And I think we all do that. Yeah, we do. And one of my favorite things to tell people, even because I'm telling myself at the end of the day, go easy on yourself. Yeah. And, and easier than that. Easier I mean, like, than easier, easy yeah. like a Sunday morning. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Easy, easy, easy. And I, I wish I could do it as good as Lionel Richie. But hey, I'm, no, I'm that saying. was brilliant. <laughs> I like that. A little clappy clap. <laughs> Sorry, I just got this new podcast set up. It's got all these little things. I, I you know, I like the. I think it's cool. <laughs> I can actually program different stuff, which is kind of cool. But I, I just think that, you know, sitting here, I mean, I, I definitely feel aligned, and then learned, taught, exper- <laughs> epiphanized, if that's even a term. Like I've got all these different things going in my brain nice. that I that I was hopeful for and I think everybody else listening is like man we're you know I don't have to pay my therapist this week you know <laughs> <laughs> like let's let's make that the goal we're gonna break you free well no we, we can't take that credit but definitely seek help as you need it um 
let me see here if, uh, if I think we'd start to wrap things up here in just a minute. Um, okay, be before we go into just a couple more things, have, have you had a chance yet to hear, for, and, and I can cut this out if, if need be, have you had a chance to get feedback from any of the kids that have used your book besides what I've given you? Like, have you had that yet? And, and, and can you take us through it and what it meant to you in the sense of knowing you were, you already knew you were, but like even more so, I got to keep this going. And what that next step looks like. Well, so getting this, I paid to have this published, right, uh, through Amazon. I did the cover design myself. Um, I paid a guy in Australia to do the editing and upload the file to me so I could then upload it to Amazon. For, I have a Prime account. That's Which I need to learn that from you afterwards because okay. I need to get this thing going. So um, my, my, my own. But So before, <coughs> excuse me, before I even got it um, in this form, I went to the print shack and I printed out 42 copies. Um, and I took 12 of those copies straight to our youth homeless shelter here in Brooksville, New Horizons. Um, it's a homeless slash detention shelter. Um, and dealt with Patricia over there and provided the copies also through email, provided them with a copyright release. Well, as a follow-up to that, and those aren't the only people that have gotten free copies. A lot like the Dawn Center, domestic violence. I've, I've, I've I've pulled over so many cops trying to give them my book to give to domestic <laughs> violence shelters that they, Hernando County assigned me a liaison. Uh, oh, I got to hear about one of those stories. Sorry, I just yelled. I got to hear about one of those stories, but uh, continue. But anyway, um, so as a follow-up to giving away the book, I, I did a few times uh, offer to go in and do ministry on Sunday afternoons with these kids, and they range from age 10 to 18. Okay. We have 10-year-old homeless kids. Can you, I mean, never mind. No, so anyway. I, it breaks my heart. They, uh, the kids came up to me, and three of them didn't have a copy of the book. And uh, I guess there's state restrictions on how much ink and paper they can use at this little building. Um, so I went and got some more copies and brought them back and spent time talking with the kids about um, reacting to emotions, not even looking at the book or any one page, just ministering to them about what to do when somebody says something to them they didn't expect or does something to them they didn't expect, just practice and all that and so the kids came back to me I got three hugs from kids Aww. that hate everybody right mom and dad's in jail or, or dead or whatever the case is three hugs and one of the kids um, she came up to me and she's talking about how she wanted to be a nurse when she grew up and um, and I was explaining to her all the good things about being a nurse and then just kind of filling her out to see if she was serious and then she just kind of sat down beside me and all the other kids were coming up and I was giving them candy and stuff and they were going back into their rooms and she leaned into me and she said no I really want to be a nurse how do I do that and I said well the number because you're here the number one thing you have to do is make sure this isn't going to be on your record because you won't be able to get a job so you got to straighten up and fly right and if you do that until you're 18 and you, you put in the work and the elbow grease and you pray about it you will have whatever you want. And so she was hugging me really tight, and she said, I read your book five times, but I didn't make a mark in it because I could answer all in my head because she was like 16, 15, 16. I did it all in my head. That young girl that came, I gave her my copy. Oh. And I, I kissed her on the cheek, and I said, that's how I know you're going to make a great nurse. There it is. So, And then I've had parents send me videos of their kids you filled know, out and stuff. It, and it goes back to that at the simplest form, whether these things were just truly meant for us to, you know, help ourselves at all. But 
you know, I've always said in my life, if I could talk to a hundred people and it make a difference in one of their lives, mm -hmm. then that is what it's for. And mm -hmm. I think that even in itself, you know, and she, she internalized your book. She read it five times. So she's going to remember all the little bits and pieces. And then maybe even one day she might go back and get it herself, you know, as, as right. this expands. As a keepsake, yeah. As a keepsake, yeah. And I think that that, man, and I, I look back at even like the two teachers that I had that brought the best out of me in different ways. Um, Mrs. Bramlett in the sixth grade and uh, my, my sophomore year, Coach Pagano. 12 years of school and you only had two. Only two. That's sad, ain't it? I only had two, too, but go ahead. Only two. That, 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 that brought me, that get, kept my attention and taught mm -hmm. me the way that I, and that brought the best out of me, demanded the best. I still have the book. I wish I knew where the first semesters was with ancient, or with ancient Rome and Greece and stuff, but this, I still have the second, second semester of the pages that we had to make sure were perfectly centered and aligned. And to this day, what that man taught me uh, expanded into even my career life with writing proposals and, you know, being able to format certain ideas and expressing, not just ending the sentence, but expressing the sentence. Right, right. So I have a lot to be grateful for in that regard. And that, that lady... That, that 15, 16-year-old lady who maybe was never given even a chance by her own family, mm -hmm. maybe told you're never going to amount to anything, and she meets you and she reads your book and she says, I've been listening to the wrong message. Mm -hmm. I need to cycle this message She out. wants to be a healer. She wants to uncover her own gift. And I think that in itself, we all have a gift. Mm -hmm. It's whether or not we align ourselves properly with God, our creator, to understand them and to know know how to use the tools we've been given. All the tools we've been given along the way are just our experiences, mm -hmm. right? And then how do we help other people understand they have that gift mm. or uncover it? She said she wanted to be a nurse. What's my plan? What's my process? And you told her, well, I can tell you what isn't. You said... If you keep doing this, it ain't going to be pretty. But if you really want to get there, you can. You just can't be doing this. Right. And, and I choose to believe the positive part of that because the clinical part of me in my mind says to myself, okay, she's mirroring because she's known nothing but trauma. She, somebody told her I used to be a nurse. I didn't tell them that. Um, and perhaps, maybe she guessed, maybe she's very astute observer because she's been traumatized to a point in her life where she doesn't have parents anymore. Right. So, I mean, there's two sides, two ways to look at that. It could be a very beautiful thing, as you described. It could also be a trauma response. I went back two more times Interesting. Um, because she was process, being processed for emancipation here in Florida so that she could get her first apartment. She already had uh, dialed in on a job, but she needed to have an address and it, it just had her plans made of getting out of that cocoon. Right and becoming a butterfly for the little while yep. and whatever next step she was going to be in, right? So, Ah, the cocoon phase. Right. And she was brilliant in her astuteness of the concept of all of this. Um, unfortunately, um, all the trauma kids are very astute in that. They just don't have the language. And that's kind of what my book brought to them was the language. Um, and it is my hope that it was all organic and that it was all beautifully the way it unfolded. Um, but I always look at things from both sides and, you know, just pray for the person that presented it to me and hope that they find their victory in Christ in life 
on their path, whatever it is. Um, certainly, we don't want those kids emulating what they learned in their homes, right? So um, I work with a lot of community groups here in Brooksville. Um, a couple of homeschool academies have copies of my books. Um, they go out and minister to the homeless youth or the, the gang youth that's in this area or coming into this area. Um, and so tons of good feedback. Um, but these Which are that's nothing more than just misled, misled souls anyway. Right. And uh, that's all they know. And well, that's all they get taught. And, I mean, they fall suit, but maybe it's, 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 that's another conversation. I think God's army is going to be full of tattoos and piercings, if you ask hey. me. <laughs> because it is the people that have lived through hell Those. that appreciate heaven. Yeah. So. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, well, Tracy, as, as we uh, start, to, start to wrap things up, I think I might have alluded to that uh, few, a little while ago, but it's just so many things keep, and I, it's hard to contain the, 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 the vibration, okay? Sorry, I yelled that in there. But um, you, I, it's, the next step for you in, in your process before we close, and then we'll, we'll see if there's anything else left to cover, but what are you working on? next because uh, you've already got this for the seven to 11 year olds but what's your uh what's your next step well i have a adolescent young adult version that i've completed the outline for but um again i didn't know if it needed to be a book or a curriculum so that's been extended in prayer because i'm not really sure which way it's going to go um i did offer it through a uh, third party to the naacp here in florida uh, through their detention centers i've also uh, missed the first lady has, I've literally drawn to the drove to the mansion and given a copy to the security guard. I have mailed a copy and nice. I have sent a PDF copy to her because it is my goal to get it into every youth homeless shelter everywhere, right? Um, but the powerhouse curriculum, it, it's, it exists in, uh, on paper. It's on my computer, and there are several people that have copies of it, but I haven't gotten the feedback yet. But um, the best thing about that is that it's going to be. I hope see, so. See, in, 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 in where, where with the script writing that, that I'm focused on helping people understand, and, 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 and you're already doing it, so I'm not speaking new things. But it's almost in the other platform that I have for the Formless to Form podcast that I've mentioned mm -hmm. a little bit, where I won't get into that too much now, but everything starts here. You know, in the, I'm pointing to my brain and in the, in the heart and the soul. It's an idea. Mm -hmm. And then over time it becomes form mm -hmm. so you you can bring that out you're going to bring it out it's already there it's just a matter of what point in your life that that actually you know expands so the, the fact that you've already got that template going it's it's going to happen yeah and it needs to happen i, I hope it so will. it yeah. will it will happen it's not a hope it's a it will happen because it's a need and it's going to take off and it all it takes is for for one teenager and then it goes to the next and it goes to the next and just like social media if 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 kids can have a rapid fire uh, of of watching the tide pod challenge remember that from years oh, ago gosh, and just, yeah and the, as stupid as that was well i mean just look at taylor swift and the, the kansas city chiefs oh <laughs> her presence at three ball games boosted their sales by 350 million dollars Fifty million dollars uh, so I would be tickled to death if Taylor wanted to buy one of my books and uh, stand <laughs> behind a podium and, and flash it around. Uh, but it's, it, it's it starts with one. Yeah. And then it spirals and it goes and it becomes viral. Right. And that's what I think the best part of our technological era. If it's good, it takes a little bit longer, but it can and it will get there. 
there. So I, I digress. What's the, the, the other thing you're holding in your hand there? Oh, uh, <laughs> I was laughing about this when we got here. Uh, this is my gratitude journal. Um, after I went through all of the healing components of my own children's book, I started writing down w everything that I was grateful for, recognizing the glimmers, recognizing the miracles, and trying to stay hyper-focused on not what could happen, but where I am right now and what my relationship with the divine is. And um, what wound up happening is uh, God wound up using this as a teaching tool for me because I, I wasn't done. <laughs> I don't think we're ever done. Nope. Um, and so now it's just... Uh, you know, it's got everything in it from a I love you letter to an I'm sorry letter. Um, it's got scripture in it. It's got page after page after page of affirmations. Um, because, I, and when I look at it now, it's only like 18, 20 pages now. But when I go back to the beginning to start looking at the affirmations or scripture that I've already written to kind of reiterate that, I've seen the gap between well, I'm not there anymore. I don't need that affirmation anymore. I already believe that. Mm -hmm. So I need to turn to page seven and re look at those affirmations. So it goes from that stabby feeling to that, that's part of me now. Yeah, exactly. And so that. I'm seeing that evolution in myself, which is, uh, for me, and my personal life experience has been the most beautiful thing other than the birth of my children that I have ever experienced is healing. So. I love that. And I, I got to ask you, um, your take on being grateful for things because you, you did say even down to like apologies and things of that nature before my my journey I, I used to think of well what am I grateful for I'm grateful for the sun I'm grateful for God I'm grateful for my daughter grateful for all these things but excuse me um, I took it and maybe you did too so I want to hear your take on it the other side of the the court and, and, and what I have for, for my section of, of what are you grateful for today, you know, I go back into, well, I'm grateful that such and such a thing didn't happen because then I wouldn't have such and such a thing. Or if this, I'm grateful that this happened, even though I didn't know the reason why at the time. Do you formulate those things I as used well? To. I used to. Okay. Can you, can you explain why you say used to? I'm because curious. Because used now. to, those those pieces of gratitude are connected to external validation. You're reaching outside of yourself for something to be great, grateful for. So what I have learned lately is that I dig into something that, for example, um, I was invited to go drinking with friends a couple of weeks ago, and I stopped drinking. I don't do that anymore. And I really didn't want to burden them with that and, and also didn't want to diss them, right? And so I had to just say, you know what, I'm, you know, I'm trying to straighten up and fly right, and uh, I appreciate the invitation. Um, and so when I walked away from that situation, and walked away, this was a phone text thing, and I'm sitting outside looking at my pool thinking yeah. about, uh, I should have went because I missed this person or that person's funny. But what I decided to be grateful for was that my conviction was strong enough to choose my health and to choose the empowering growth oh. of my cycle over a fleshly desire or an external validation from friends that really aren't close friends. They don't come wow. to my house for dinner. They're just somebody that I'd go have a lunch with sometime. I'm, I'm really glad that I asked the question because so that's the third part of the, the that's the missing piece that I've been missing too about being grateful for things. It's not just the things or the people that right. we're grateful for and maybe like I just alluded to the past validation but also where the ability comes into play to say you know what man I just I don't, I don't, I, I'm just going to stay home or mm -hmm. I've got this other thing going on and being okay with, and I, and I've got a friend of mine 
And I, because, you know, we always want to uh, think other people's feelings are going to get hurt if we turn them down, right? right. That's, that's part of our human and nature. And then you feel guilty and go home oh. and do a bunch of stuff because you And then how do I make that. it work and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I'm a total people pleaser yeah. when it comes to that. I, but I, I think that in my, in my job and in my career, that, that makes me valuable. Um, but in life, I have a friend of mine, and it's the only one, at, well, maybe two, maybe three. The only one I could consciously, like, definitively says this. Listen, man, I'd rather you tell me that you're not coming than to say I might be coming or uh, I've got, you know, just tell me you're not coming. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. But if I save you something that I made and you don't show up, I'm not inviting you again. Right. Like, he's setting boundaries. He's, yeah. <laughs> he, well, and, and, and it's, it's clarity. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, yeah, it's providing that clarity. Because he knows where he stands clarity. with you and where you stand with him. And it's I, based but on your and I, and I, and I want to say, well, like I've got this, and, and, and with him, and maybe with other people too. Like, I, okay, I'm going to tell him myself now. It's a podcast. We can do that. I, uh, uh, I, I'm going away this weekend. Not, not away, but I'm playing golf Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and then Saturday afternoon I'm going to my buddy's house. He wouldn't. It's not that, nothing bad, but I, I can't I can't take my dog with me. So I was going to take my dog down. So we still have my grandfather's house in the Palm Harbor area. We're, we're working. I was going to stay there with my dog, go golfing, come home, shower, change, and then uh, let my dog out and then go to the place that we're having my buddy's birthday party. It's a Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I love those it's, kind of places. You know, yeah. It's a D&D party. We're going to we're going to nerd it out, okay? Oh, we're, we're oh it's a gamers like D&D it's, kind of it's, thing. It's it's a nerd oh, okay. thing. It's well, we'll have I was thinking medieval, so I had a completely oh, different version in the my castle. head. castle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's so it's it's, it's it, we're just going to have a nerd. I've never done it, so I was like, "All right, I'll I'll geek out with you guys, yeah. right?" Well, then I was going to uh, Uber cuz there's going to be some I'm a weekend warrior at, the, at these rates. Uh, so I was going to Uber home because I don't drive mm-hmm. and then let my dog out and then go back. So it's going to cost me like 90 bucks. And I was telling him my plan and all this other stuff. And then I said, you know what? Nah. And this may be something I could be grateful for because I think it's going to turn out perfectly. My other buddy's going away. He's taking his dogs to one of the local dog kennels mm-hmm. here. And my dog already knows them. So I'm now going to take my dog. He's going on Friday. He's going to have a little make vacation. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that because not only do I have to now, uh, that, that now I can relax knowing mm-hmm. he's taken care of. He's going to have fun playing with other dogs because right now he's got four cats mm-hmm. to play with. And then I don't have to rely on anybody else. I can have fun with my friends, and then I can pick them up on Monday, and everything's hunky-dory. So you're right. Tracy, I never thought about being grateful for even the decisions that I've made that are within the realm of being right. Right. I miss that part. Right for you. Right for me. Right. I've I've missed that part. Yeah. Of the whole thing. I missed it too for about 40 years. Holy moly. I'll say the (laughs) moly part because I want to say the S word, but wow. Yeah. And that's what this book is teaching kids. It is. Well, I'm a kid, evidently. I'm going to go through it. Really, it just holds that space. Right. When you make those positive identifications to have the wherewithal to hold the space. So, yes, I'm grateful that the sun came up. Yes, I was on God's wake up list. I don't know what I'm doing today. I have no plans today. But if I'm going to say true gratitude and feel it and hold it, it's going to be something like I'm so glad that I got to interact with somebody in my community that is as passionate about self-healing and healing others as I am. And so that's an external piece of gratitude, right? I love that. But when I walk out of here and I'm walking to my car, I'm going to be saying to myself, thank you, Lord, 
for using my voice for you. Thank you that I didn't curse too bad. Thank you. You didn't, I don't think. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you that I, you know, I didn't go on a tangent or I didn't get emotional or I didn't, you know, be too graphic or what have you. I did. <laughs> I, am, I am holding success for myself. So when I crank my car and turn on my music, whatever genre it will be when I get in there, I will celebrate with those sounds because I am allowing the gratitude to just to fester inside yes. of me and to billow up. And so when I get home, I'm going to be, okay, I'm going to clean this, clean that, you know, because I have all this energy because I'm gracious and gra grateful. And now it's all flowing. But if I were anxious and worried, I would be in a slump when I got home and I'd be doom scrolling or I'd be, you know, oh, woe is me. I've got 50 chores to do and I don't have any time because I'm worried about this. Looking no. for fulfillment outside of yourself. Right. The, the external stuff has got to go. You know, we've got to get back to our center and be grateful for the things that matter to us. I, I'm going to do a little cheer and then we'll wrap it up. <laughs> was it the hey, hey, ho, ho, the external stuff has got to go? Is that <laughs> it? Can we make that a thing? Boom shakalaka. <laughs> boom shakalaka. That, that was uh, the boom shakalaka is Tracy's warm up uh, mic, sound test, mic yeah. check. I love that. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, I, I had an idea of where I thought our conversation would go. I don't know. Well, I definitely knew I was going to learn something, but I didn't think I was going to learn or have the connections that the dots made of what we've done here today. And I, for one, know I can't wait to listen back to this to this playback and for the other people out there that are going to listen to it. And we're going to share it on the social medias and everything. But it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And, Thank you for having I, me. I, I don't want this to be uh, the only time we can talk about these things, because I think with your wisdom and with what you're doing coincides with what I'm learning and what I hope other people can share and talk about. So with your permission, I think we should plan for something in the near future. That sounds good. Even at this lovely coffee shop. I mean, it worked out great. They may have to charge us rent. We've been here for a while. No, I called earlier. They said it's fine. Oh, I, I thought you might be doing dishes later. I gave, you know, I called actually. So right after I, right after we communicated, I called and I said, hey, just make sure, you know, we're going to be there doing a podcast. Yeah, it's fine. Come on up. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, well so That guy's taking pictures of stuff for Valentine's Day. So, you know. It's a, it's a that's one stop awesome. shop. That is awesome. So, you know, and, and that's the beauty of just, you know, go back to be, being able to pick up the phone and call somebody is invaluable. You know, we didn't get shunned up. I mean, we could have sat on the couches, but the mics and stuff, like, maybe it wouldn't have been as intimate, but just everything aligns perfectly, and I can't thank you enough. Oh, thanks so. for having me. It's been a pleasure. Where, um, where can people find your story, your book? Uh, you know, what's your social medias and all that stuff? And uh, Well, uh, the easiest way uh, is to go to Facebook. Uh, I have my own Facebook page. It's Make Room for Yourself. It's the title of the book. Um, and there's the link to the book there. It's sold on Amazon. Um, I, I don't want to spell out the link here. Um, and then I am t.d.capkey underscore author on Instagram and um, uh, TikTok. And I, I will be sure to include that when I actually do the description for this on wonderful. Because I got to go back. I'm going to figure out. Okay, what are we talking? What's the what's the outline of this <laughs> thing? Like, what, it's going to be incredible. But, um, and the Kepka is actually what K E O P K E K O E P K E. It's Kepke. Uh, it's Kepke. German. Yeah. It's German. Okay. Kepke. Okay. So we will make sure that that is uh, spelled correctly. Is there anything else that 
you wanted to make sure that was said today that we didn't already get the cover because I I know we covered a lot, but I didn't know if you had one specific thing that you that you had to, a burning desire, if you will, anything. Um, I, I really showed up with very few expectations, so I don't I'm not leaving with uh, uh, you know stuff in my bag that I didn't say really. Um, you just can ask me anything you want. I was gonna say just the expectation that this would eventually get posted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm an open book. You can ask me anything you want. That's awesome. Well, again, I, I truly appreciate you, Tracy. I'm so glad that my daughter wanted a uh, tortilla for her sandwich that day <laughs> because I never would have met you. But that's divine intervention at its finest. That's synchronicity. If you don't know the term, yeah. synchronicity is, is amazing. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. I'm your host again, Rye Guy. You can find me at um, the what, – the daily or sorry daily script underscore podcast on instagram that's d-a-i-l-y-s-c-r-i-p-t underscore podcast check for us too on spotify itunes all the different fun things that you can get your uh hands on for all the podcast goodness out there so we thank you so much for listening chime in with comments questions if you want to get in contact with us let us know and again look for her book on amazon and follow the link uh i'll put that in the description as well and let's Let's really work to help others, help themselves, and let's really utilize these tools that she has put together to heal your inner child. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys all, and uh, may your journey be well. We'll talk to you later.